you probably think you know fairy tales. Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood. You probably think that they're cute and boring. But the real stories aren't cute and boring at all. The grim fairy tales were weird and sometimes gross and often scary. And in the podcast Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, you can listen along with a group of other kids as I tell them those tales. The episodes are sometimes grim, sometimes grimmer, and sometimes grimmest. But no matter how creepy it gets, we'll always have a great time guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and discussing what these tales mean to us. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. Today, I made it to Daylily. Every time I've heard someone mention the place, they called it a town, but it looks more like a really big work camp to me. Most of the people here live in tents and do the sort of outdoorsy jobs that always seem to happen far away or in tall tales. I can hear the sounds of lumberjacks singing to keep time as they work in the nearby forest. And there are people walking around with pickaxes and shovels, heading off to some local mine that must be hidden in the gently rolling hills nearby. There are even a few taking advantage of the stream that passes through it all to pan and sift for any precious metals or stones that might have escaped their more industrious companions. It's easy to tell that everyone here works hard but loves life. Even though they're all more or less covered in dirt and their clothes look to be more patched than original fabric, there's a smile on every face. At this rate, I'll be surprised if the first kitchen I come across isn't serving flapjacks. Good morning, stranger. Come to join our merry frontier camp? Just passing through, but I appreciate the invitation. I'm always happy to help if anybody needs it, though. Well then, why don't you check the jobs board in the center of town? I'm sure there'll be a posting or two that could use an extra set of hands. Thanks, I will. It's always nice to find a warm welcome in a new place. By following the pathway that stands in for a main road in the town, I eventually reach the makeshift square at the center of it all. As expected, the sweet smell of butter and syrup wafts up from the nearby kitchen tent where people on their way to work or coming off their early shifts stop by to enjoy towering stacks of pancakes. Tempting as it is to drop in and sample the cooking though, I feel like I should check the board first. Everyone is working hard and I wouldn't want to take advantage of their hospitality. The jobs board is covered in layers of requests pasted one on top of the other. There are sign-up sheets for everything from working on the tree farms to helping move around heavy equipment. Something for every talent and skill set. People mill past the board, adding their names to whatever list interests them the most. One sheet sticks out to me though, because it looks more weathered than all the others on the top layer, but still doesn't have any volunteers on it for some reason. Excuse me, why hasn't anyone signed up for that job? Hmm? Oh, that one. Old Man Johnson posted it, and he's a bit... Well, he comes from a time when everybody around here was a lot more competitive. 
I'm surprised he's even asking for help. It says here that he needs a guard to help him get to the nearest town safely. I didn't realize the roads around here were that bad. They aren't, but he's suspicious of everyone and everything. Probably still thinks we're all after his secrets. He doesn't even really sign up for work anymore, but we keep him fed because it wouldn't be right not to. It's better to just let him do whatever he wants otherwise. He's not hurting anyone after all. If the area is pretty safe, maybe he just wants someone to talk to. Hey, if you want to put your name on the list, nobody will stop you. Just be ready for an experience is all I'm saying. As the worker who just warned me departs, I grab the pencil attached to the board by a string and use it to add my name to the old man Johnson's job listing. It says to meet him by the river on the east side of town. Wait, didn't I pass an old man checking his wagon on the way here? Oh no. I make my way back to where I'd entered the camp as fast as I can. Thankfully, old man Johnson is still there with his ox-pulled wagon. He's peeking under the tarp that's been pulled over it when I run up, but quickly covers whatever he has hidden before I can see what it is. And who are you? I don't reckon I've seen you around the camp before. My name is Ryan, and I just arrived today. I saw your request on the jobs board and signed up. Really? And nobody managed to talk you out of it? No. One person did try, though. Why is that? Because people around here don't get me, that's all. If you're really coming with me, I'll share some of my story along the way. Come along now, Bessie. As we walk alongside the battling brook, Old Man Johnson explains he's been at the camp since it was founded. Apparently, life there used to be a lot more competitive, and he just got used to not trusting anyone, as claim jumping was a really bad problem for a while. As he tells me stories of the old days, though, I get the feeling that he's lonely, and that he doesn't actually like keeping people at a distance. It's just a habit that's hard for him to break, even though things have gotten so much better now. The way you talk about how things used to be makes it sound like you lived in a totally different place from the camp I saw. Everyone there seemed so happy to help one another. I suppose that's not a bad way to think about it. In many ways, the past is a different place. I've tried to reach out a few times, that poster you saw being one of them. But I may have burned too many bridges in my crotchety -ness. I'm hoping the new invention I have in this here wagon goes away to building new ones, though. Oh? Come to think of it, I never did ask what I'm supposed to be protecting. It's a revolutionary new kind of trousers that are basically magic. They'll change the way outdoors people dress forever. <laughs> magic trousers? I promise you, it's a very serious subject. Why, a good pair of trousers are part of a working person's dignity, and they're always falling apart or getting torn or losing buttons. And what I've made will change all that. I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to make fun of your invention. I just wasn't expecting the big secret to be something so down-to-earth. What's wrong with down-to-earth? Nothing at all. 
But as an adventurer, I see lots of people trying to make big changes that don't actually end up making regular people's lives any different. Only heroes ever get magic armor or magic weapons. But magic trousers sounds like the kind of thing regular people might get some use out of. If you don't mind me asking, what do they actually do? Before answering, Old Man Johnson takes a few seconds to suspiciously scan our surroundings. We left the well-curated forest behind some time ago, so I'm not sure where he expects people to be hiding in the open fields. After he spends a few seconds eyeballing a grazing sheep to make sure it isn't there to steal his secrets, he finally gives me a cryptic answer. The thing that's special about them makes them waterproof. So, like leather? Keep your voice down. And no, much bendier and more comfortable than leather. Well, after you wear them in anyway, that's one of the only downsides to them. So, they're stronger than normal clothing made of cotton and like leather, but softer. <laughs> You'll never guess the secret. Hmm. How did you come up with the idea? It popped into my head while panning for gold. Did you have to get new materials, or did you already have what you needed? A little of both, really. I could have used what I already had, but that would have meant sacrificing a different creature comfort. Hmm. A different creature comfort... Uh, why not just tell me? I'm not the kind of person to steal someone else's ideas, after all. You might not be, but there are a number of ne'er-do-wells that would certainly try. I suppose if you won't spill your secrets, then I'll just have to take what you have and be done with it, Jensen. Was that... The person who steps out from behind the only tree beside the road has a determined expression in their eyes and a bandit's kerchief around the rest of their face, making them look like they're trying to mean business. Unfortunately for them, the cheerful stars and crescent moons on the lining of their cape take away from the act. The finger they point at us makes things serious again, though. Between that and their celestial cape, it's clear they must have some kind of spell ready and waiting for us, in case we try something. Neither of you move. I just need to check the cargo before I let you go. I thought I recognized you. You're Osric the Mage. But what? No, no, I, I don't know them. Are you? You called him by name? No, I didn't. No, no, I, no, I didn't. Yeah. You're still wearing your usual cape. Dad. Well, well, I still have the upper hand, if I'm any judge. You haven't moved, and your friend there hasn't drawn their sword. I'd prefer not to have to. I'm sure we can work this out. Absolutely. Like I said... I'll just be checking the cargo. As the would-be bandit flips back the tarp covering the wagon, they reveal what initially looks like just more tarp. Confusion knits their brow as they sift through the pile in search of something else, but it slowly dawns on both of us that all these pieces of thick, well-folded material are actually the trousers. 
they pick up a pair of the tough-looking garments and thrust them angrily towards Old Man Johnson. What is the meaning of this? That's um, my invention. I can't see anything magical about them. They're just made out of tent fabric. Well, yes, and a few natural treatments to make them waterproof. Let me see a pair of those. The trousers are much heavier than the normal cotton clothes that most people wear, with a diagonal pattern to the weave of the material. Whatever Old Man Johnson has done to them made them stiff and a little bit scratchy to the touch. But I can tell he wasn't lying about how tough they are. There are even a few brass rivets here and there to protect places that are more likely to get torn. You'd have to try really hard to make these rip. I, I know, my, I can see that. Even though they're not actually magic, oh, I'd be ruined if these become popular. What? Why would that happen? Osric here makes a living using magic to mend clothes for people at the camp. Oh, that would be a problem. One that I'm embarrassed to say I didn't consider. I was too worried about other people doing me a bad turn that I did one to somebody else. Well, that poor decision aside, that's still no reason to point a spell at us. Oh, uh, right. Sorry. As Osric shakes their hand, soap bubbles stream out of their pointer finger. It makes me happy to know that even though they'd lied a little to gain the upper hand, they never had any real intention of hurting us. I don't actually know any harmful spells. Everything I do is... It's laundry-based. Uh, oh, uh, but uh, don't get any of that soap in your eyes, though. It, uh, it might sting a bit. Much as I appreciate that these trousers will cause you some trouble... Osric, it leaves us at an impasse. I'm getting up in the years, and I can't contribute like I used to. These were supposed to be my way of helping everyone at the camp, either by making their clothes last longer, or contributing funds from the sales to the community coffers. I don't want to take your livelihood away from you, though. Ed, I don't want to leave you feeling like you aren't useful enough to the camp, but... I need my job to make ends meet. There's not much call in the big city for a, a wizard whose spells are only good for cleaning and mending. I think I've got an idea that could work for both of you, actually. No? Go on, then. Osric... Do you have a spell for softening fabrics? Of course. It's an essential part of my repertoire. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but whatever secret formula Mr. Johnson used on these trousers made them awfully scratchy and stiff. They do take some wearing in. That's true. I probably could fix that with my magic. I think this is actually the perfect opportunity for both of you to contribute even more to life back in the camp, and even to places beyond. 
Together, you could revolutionize working-class fashion with tough, waterproof clothes that are still comfortable. And they're even a stylish blue, too. Well... What do you say, Mr. Judson? Oh, cut that out. My father was the mister of the family. You can both call me Jean. And I think we've got a deal. Now, we've got to figure out what to call them. Jean Judson's magical trousers would be too much of a mouthful. I was thinking of just shortening it down to a single word. Maybe my name. What do you two think of calling them Johnsons? Uh, so it's, um, here's the thing about that uh, name. Uh, it's, uh, we could workshop it. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you, have you, have you ever encountered slang? Thank you for side questing with us. This episode, Trouble Causing Trousers, was written by Draco Alexander and produced by Tal Munir, with dialogue editing by Brad Colbrook. Old Man Johnson was voiced by Brody Linton. Osric the Mage was voiced by Max Kreisky. The Helpful Passerby was voiced by Audrey Lima. And The Disinterested Worker was voiced by Ezra J. Wayne. The voice of Ryan was Tal Munir. A big thanks to Ali Maria, Ilya, Jesse, Sarah, and Spencer for supporting this episode. Good news alert! We've sniffed out a winner from the Go Kid Go team, Snoop and Sniffy. What happens when Snoop, an experienced dog detective from London, gets sent to small town Pflugerville to train clueless puppy Sniffy as an undercover agent? Mystery, adventure, and chaos! Seriously, the town of Pflugerville isn't Dullsville like Snoop expected, and he quickly realizes that he can't handle all the action without Sniffy by his side. Even when they're able to turn a blind eye to the alien superheroes and villains battling it out for control of Pflugerville, Snoop and Sniffy have their paws full on Bark Street, with hilarious busybodies like Lorraine the Neighborhood Watchduck, Poot the Groundhog, and Fred the Squirrel popping around. Do you love to laugh? Do you love animals? Do you have the brightest mind since Sherlock Holmes? Yes? Then tag along with us for the fun and see if you can help solve the mysteries by listening to Snoop and Sniffy on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.